think it's important to understand those classical structures if you're going to break them and completely throw them away. It's within those classical structures, it's almost the, it's the key of how to break them. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Martin, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Good to have you again. Nice to be back. Yeah, Phil, and it's, uh, it's been all of, ooh, what, about 48 hours since I've seen you, since we were both at the uh, Sistema East Coast Combat Summit over there at Andre Patenko's place up in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, good one. It's, that was a brilliant weekend. It's a, it's a really good time, and it's, a, it's an unusual event, right, having uh, five different instructors kind of all chipping in and offering different perspectives on, on different subjects. But I think it came off really well this year, and, and don't you? Uh, I mean, I, I hadn't been to the ones before, so I, yeah. it was tough for me to judge. But uh, I, I thought it went down very well. I thought all, all the instructors presented very, very good material and uh, very professionally. And I thought the uh, the way that everyone uh, adapted to the work was was very good. Uh, yeah, it's a good format. It worked, it worked well. Yeah, great. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to doing another one next year. Um, and it certainly served as some really uh, useful foreshadowing for for those of us down here on the on the east coast who are thinking about going to your full day masterclass in October um, with us here in Durham. Um, shameless plug, shameless plug. So, <laughs> but and and without kind of uh, giving the whole game away about um, what we were working on over the weekend, it's um, it's it was less about kind of technique development although there were aspects in there of things that are kind of essential and i'd like to get into that in a little bit in a minute um just some general principles of things in fighting that sometimes in our i don't know our, our, our purity of trying to kind of do sistema and, and work through principles that sometimes we ignore some fairly fundamental things one of them that you uh, you pointed out was that uh Sometimes folks who train Sistema who haven't had a background in boxing or other things uh, or even wrestling uh, tend to square up a little bit too readily, right? That you can work from a squared up position, but it's um, but it presents threats. And so you shouldn't volunteer like a squared up position too quickly if you're not sure how to work there. And it's, and it's better to bl- keep yourself moving or keep yourself bladed off as a preferential thing. Do you, do you feel, just to kind of go into that for a little bit, do you feel like you see quite a few of those things sometimes with um, with people who haven't fought a lot or haven't sparred a lot or haven't kind of uh, given a lot of scrapping that they're missing on some fundamentals that need reinforcing? Well, there's, I mean, there's always the thing, the, 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 the first time you get in the ring or the first time you grapple or the first time you do anything with somebody who has a clue what they're doing, yeah, you realize how many mistakes you're making. Yeah. You know, I mean, immediately you're going to get hit. You're going to get, I mean, there's one thing to, like we, we, we study a lot of punch absorption in, in Sistema, and I think that's an excellent idea because it covers a lot of things that most people simply don't cover. I mean, mm. you know, if if your reason for going to a martial art is to learn how to defend yourself because you're afraid of being, you know, hit. Yeah. And uh, which is reasonable, you know. And, and the reason probably most people enter into a martial art of some sort, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the, if you're spending your time all the time avoiding getting hit, then you don't really understand the benefit of being hit in right. a sense, yeah. you know, like how it can set up your defense, how it can sort of set you into a motion, into motion, but also how it can show you how to, give your opponent kind of what they're looking for, even if you don't get hit. Yeah. Mm. Right. And, uh, and it's fair and it's great. It's great training. And, but one of the things that happens if you, even if with that type of training, once you step in with somebody who hits you multiple times Mm. and, and effectively, uh, it's not about just absorbing the strikes. It's how you move with them. Hmm. And how you um, don't get knocked off your feet, basically yeah. the first time, or the, you know, and it and it takes a while from inspiring to start to solidify yourself in motion. Yeah, you know, and um, and one of the main things that happens when you start fighting people, and I saw this quite a lot. I mean, it can be effective for street fights because just the time period usually is a lot quicker. Yeah. Than 
sparring session. Obviously, it's, you know, street sparring and street fights are not the same thing. Right. Um, but people tend to want power in both hands. Mm. Okay. And so uh, they square up a little bit more because with your with if you have a lead hand forward. Uh, you have to generate power in different ways by throwing hooks and things like that rather than straight like like obviously a jab is not as powerful as a right cross yeah you know and that's because you have that full body momentum behind the right cross you have the body mechanics behind it and everything else and the jab is uh, as much as it is also a mechanical strike it's essentially just the arm moving right right yeah you could look at it that way yeah because you don't really have the full body mechanic behind throwing a hook or something like that. Right? It, just, it just hasn't got the distance to build up the momentum either, right? It's just traveling from here to here, whereas a hook gets to travel a longer way. And, yeah. it's, a short, it's, a shorter we- it's a shorter weapon mm. with less power, uh, and it doesn't have the internal structure behind it that you would like. Like if you were to slam a door closed as hard as you could, you'd set yourself so your body mechanics would translate into your arm. Yeah. And if you had one hand back, you could do that very powerfully. And if you tried to do it with the front hand, you'd probably have half the power. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, and so there's a tendency to set yourself with both feet squared up to try and throw with power of both, both hands. Mm. Uh, and that's fine as long as the other guy's not hitting back. Yeah. You know, but the problem is, is even if you're landing punches and they're powerful, you know, I mean, obviously, I guess there's a little, <laughs> every time you think about something, it kind of leads you down another path, you know, but, you know, there, there is an ability in Sistema to learn how to punch very, very powerfully. It doesn't have to necessarily be physically powerful, it can be structurally powerfully, it can be psychologically effective, yeah. it can be different things. Hmm. And uh, watching somebody be impressed by that or fall over or whatever it is or absorb it and take it and go to the ground in a training session is very different to fighting with it. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want, I would prefer that Sistema practitioners, if they are using Sistema for combat, uh, and I know that there's lots of definitions of how you train, yeah. uh, that they don't fall into the old karate, and you know, analogy that, you know, that just because you can punch through blocks of wood hmm. doesn't mean punch one kill. Right, yeah. You know, and as soon as you start getting into that sort of, mentality then you're not really dealing with reality of fighting yeah because if it was one punch one kill then no boxer would survive you know because they're extremely effective you know most decent boxers are at least as good as most karate practitioners yeah (laughs) i guess i guess that that situation depends upon like you can't get anything more rigid tense and unmoving than a than a board being held in a clamp right or by somebody it's like it's it's almost the perfect set of conditions so that you can apply force onto a static object but like no person is ever that that tense quite that tense or that rigid right unless you got them against a wall or something or or you're already dead (laughs) (laughs) in which case you don't need to hit them again presumably (laughs) uh i don't want to Game of Thrones, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but there's a tendency when you're kind of, I, I, I see it amongst systemic practitioners when they're working because they kind of have the freedom to work, they tend to work up both hands with equal power. Yeah. And the only way you can really do that is if you're squared up. Mm. And, um, you know, you really have to start working into more fluid, at least training environments even if you're not full on fighting, mm. doing what he wants to do. And once you do that, you realize you cannot square up, you know, or if you do, you better have very, very effective ways of getting out of that squared up position. Because when you get hit and just, just sort of visualize it, you know, if you're literally in a standing square, you know, your shoulders square to, the, to, to their body, your feet square to their body and someone hits you directly in the center line, like the chest or the chin yeah. or something like that, then it's, then your chest and your chin is the first thing that's going to go back. Yeah. And so you're over your heels. Yeah. So you're basically like on a chair sort of tipping backwards. Yeah. Right? And, um, and yes, you can put one leg backwards and you can put, you can start to stabilize yourself and, and you should be able to do that because you're, you are going to get caught square. You should understand how to move out of it. If you can help it, you know, why not sort of like, you know, have a bit more of a bladed yeah. stance? I mean, 
as much as you can do some really incredible things in Sistema that, or, or the concept of it allows you to sort of play with some ideas that you can get away with that is very difficult to get away with with more conventional methods. Yeah. But within conventional methods, there's some very smart ideas that have come out over, you know, a couple of millennia of people beating each other. Sure. One of them is to have your hands up and be side on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, if I was to teach anybody anything, I think it would be that. If I had five minutes to teach something, it would be that. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, to have hands covering your head and you'd be side on. So, so what you you're know? kind of saying is that um, even though you can have the freedom to play with unorthodox angles, unorthodox strikes, you can try and do deeper than usual strikes with the lead hand, for example, and things that don't look like a jab. And, and we do things that are unorthodox all the time, but if you don't understand the wisdom in the orthodoxy, then what you're doing is, pl- is playing around with something that, that you can't, it's, it's a bit like learning a, learning a musical instrument, right? You can't just pick an instrument up and start playing free jazz, right? You have to understand what you're departing from and why. Otherwise, you'll just break all the rules and then you're doing nothing kind of thing. I think that's important. I mean, I'm not saying everybody has to work that way, but I, yeah. I would say it's an exceptional case that doesn't. Yeah, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm saying not not saying that you have to do anything really, but I mean, I would, you know, your example is a good one. What the one I would think of, the one that relates to me closest to Sistema, yeah, is Picasso. Okay. Okay. I mean, brilliant class classical painter. I mean, a, right, a genius classical painter. You know, trained by his father, I believe. Yeah. And and you know, various schools and that he went to. I mean, he could have been a classical, he could have been the greatest classical painter of his period anyway. Right. He was a realist right. before he was an impressionist, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts breaking the walls, right? And then he starts not only breaking the walls, but shattering them. Yeah. Doing things that nobody could have considered was even art, but yeah. it had an effect that they also couldn't have had a frame of reference for inside of them. Yeah. You know? It didn't affect them the same way as classical art did, but it affected them very powerfully. Yeah. Right? Or when, or if you, you know, if you like his art, if you don't, I understand that too. But, um, and Systema to me is kind of like that. You know, when you, when you look at it, when I look at it, I think, well, you know, I think it's important to understand those classical structures if you're going to break them and completely throw them away. Yeah. You know, because within those classical structures, it's almost the, it's the key of how to break them. Yeah. You know, but if you just kind of go into breaking them and that's your new normal, then I, I just think it's more difficult to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm, re- I'm reminded of the kids and that I was at school with who did like, A-level art, right? And they wanted to jump immediately to, you know, random impressionist splatters on the page and they hadn't really mastered the idea of, I don't know, how to draw a life, a still life or a, a form or something, right? So you've got to have an idea for how you could, capture something with your hands yeah. and with your creativity before you can start breaking rules trying to subtract things and just give the impression of a thing right it's like you actually have to know more about it in order to break the rules in a sense right before you can start breaking the rules i mean i think that's one way of yeah yeah definitely i mean i'm not saying that that's the way because i mean i have plenty of guys coming who never trained in anything and only training what i show them yeah and extremely effective fighters as far as i can tell you know i mean i've seen them spar i've seen them grapple with each other and yeah, and uh, whenever they have got into the random street fight or whatever, they you know they're still here. So, right. uh, and also with the guys, you know, military guys and police and everything else, you know, there, there's a lot of tools that you can give to people. Yeah, that they don't necessarily need classical, what I would call, you know, I mean, even what they're doing with modern MMA, you know, is in a sense I'd call classical training. I mean, that's you know, when I say classical, I mean, you know effective and tested it's like a synthesis of old but effective and tested methods right it's like it's a new way of putting together classical like uh, fighting patterns yeah. i mean all the time they're doing things with it that you know if you looked at mma mma 20 years ago you would never recognize what it is today or or, or if you put somebody in it from 20 years ago they'd be destroyed in yeah. seconds yeah, so they, without getting too armchair quarterbacky about it, that's actually quite a good example because 20 year ago MMA was either people with one discipline fighting each other yeah. in which the kickboxer would kick the crap out of the grappler because he had, hadn't really been kicked enough <laughs> or the grappler would like break the arm of the kickboxer because he didn't really know how to defend against takedowns and get put down. And, and yeah. so there was a lot of gaps there that people were exploiting, but now the, the gaps are different and so everybody's got a kind of 
sure in and it's a different way of doing it but but it was also a lot sloppier you know when you saw 20 it looked a, a lot more like a street fight 20 years ago it looked a lot scrappier you know it's like it, it fell apart like, more quickly it looked like trained fighters they looked like they were just fighting yeah yeah now they look like trained fighters you know? mm. and they are trained fighters and, you, and the level of conditioning for a fight like that is <laughs> yeah or just just the athletic level is crazy yeah yeah and so yeah, there's an evolution, and obviously there's things you see in there that uh, you know you see the evolution of, a, of, of an art happening. Mm-hmm. And I think you know there's there's, and I'm not telling anyone how to train in Sistema, To be honest with you, I mean it's completely up to you and whatever level of enjoyment or gain you get out of it. I think it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, arrogance and an arrogance of a martial art is the downfall of an art. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I'm not saying that about system at all. So, but if you. I was listening to someone a little while back. I went to a martial arts camp. And I was at a dinner, and there was a gentleman there who. Uh, did a fairly aggressive martial art um, and sparred, and uh, you know probably had um, some fighting experience in lots of different ways. Uh, but he was talking about grappling, and he was very aggressive and very sort of like, uh, well, you know, grapplers, you know, they, they don't want to go to the ground with me because, you know, you, they're not trained for dealing with eye rips and groin hits and like, yeah. you know, like, and you know, my tendency was be polite <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thought in my head was you know what I really wanted to ask him because I mean obviously we're at dinner but you know have you ever grappled anyone who's mm. what they're doing because they're not going to let you do that right you think they've never thought about someone poking them in the eye or hitting them in the groin or mm. you know or they've never had situations where they've worked on, I mean, they used to be a part of the Gracie system, you know, I believe, yeah. where they deal with people trying to claw their eyes because they knew that, that was one of the reasons, you know, when you're that close to someone on the ground and they're scrambling around or trying to get in, you know, they're going to try and claw your eyes. And yeah. if you can do the same thing, in, if you would think about it, how I would deal with that in system, which you should, you yeah. should lie around and have someone try and, you know, stick their thumbs in your eyes and see how your face would maneuver yeah. to them from doing that. You think some of the best fighters in the world have never thought of that? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, to play devil's advocate, I guess that comes down to the individual and the level more than anything else. Because you probably could find people, right? I mean, this reminds me of a. I think Bass Rutten or something was once on a maybe it was a Joe Rogan podcast or something talking about that. He said, you know, I I was sparring somebody who was who did a an aggressive martial art that will rename unnamed but like it deals in like reality martial arts and stuff like that and he was saying that you know once i get behind you and i've got this rear naked choke on it's night night you can't let yourself get in this position because once i've got it on you're out right uh, and this person was like oh yeah but i would guide your gouge your eyes out like and he's like what faster than i could snap your effing neck you know <laughs> like you know he was like so the person's not just gonna let go is you know they'll double down on what they've got a lot of the time you know it's like so it depends on your relative level of skill but also i mean just to play devil's advocate with that point of view um there probably are people that it's, pof- it's possible to train that way, right? You could train purely for sport grappling and never look at the possibility of groin or eyes and things like that. So that, so you said in the Gracie combative system, they used to have that kind of thing. I mean, maybe they still do, I don't know, but I can imagine that there are systems out there that just specialize in winning tournaments and that and they, and they people never think about groin or anything. And I know that because I've had um, jiu-jitsu guys and I don't know which camp or anything like that that have come to us and I've, and I've, inverted commas cheated that way just by threatening the groin in order to get out of like a you know a step over mount or something like that i'll just threaten the groin they move their hips back and it creates a bit more space and stuff like that they're not used to it but it's um but obviously it depends the way you train in the individual right i I think it's true too i mean and you know there's always things that you know you always play on someone's conditioning to find out yeah what they're prepared to do and what they're trained to do you know yeah to see to win in one way or another um but I guess the other side of it is as well as if, you know, well, let's take grappling, for example. I, I, you know, I partner with Higa Machado at a, in a grappling school and yeah. I've grappled all my life, you know, and well, since my 20s, 
twenties, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I never, I never came across a grappler that who was half decent that wasn't prepared to go full out all the time, mm. right? And so they'll fight off that choke, they'll fight off that armbar, they'll fight for every every inch. Yeah. And uh, if you're trying to stick your thumb in there, I would. I, I, are you prepared to have your neck snapped as much as they're prepared to lose an eye? Yeah, right. You, you know? <laughs> yeah. So even if you got it in and yeah. you're taking out the eye and everything else, who's to say that they care? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they're conditioned constantly just to keep fighting, now obviously most people are not going to want to lose an eye. Yeah, completely good. But the no. point is, it doesn't settle the issue, right? You can't use that as the escape clause and be like, "I don't have to learn how to grapple properly because I can just thumb you in the eye," right? It's, it's a it's a gaps argument. It doesn't work very well. Right. And it's it's the same sort of argument that knife fighters have, or people who don't knife train in knife fighting have. You know, they're like, "Well, why why train for knife fighting when you can just run?" Yeah. You know, but my argument is, well, okay, give me a knife, you run. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let me see if you can run and escape. Yeah. And my, my, mine is usually, okay, you're going to run and leave your kids there? You know, because I'm usually with my kids. And my, there was a video recently, I think it might have been Joe Mabry from Sustainable St. Louis, right? He's a police homicide detective, so he tends to, he, get, he must get access to or just get into groups that where they share a lot of like CCTV footage from bad people doing bad things, right? And he had one where it was just a, this lady walking up the street and she had a knife in full display and she's just stabbing people. You know, she's obviously on a psychotic break or something. She's dawdling up the road, just stabbing random couples. And some of them, it took, takes them a few seconds to realize they've been stabbed. It just, you know, further to our conversation yesterday about consciousness and frames of motion, they just couldn't believe that somebody would just walk up to them and stab them. So they, they walked a few paces and then looked at themselves like, I don't know what's happening. But anyway, key in this one of these videos was this woman with her young girl, right? And she, I think, um, I think I'm getting this right. It might have been another one with guns on it, but anyway. But um, but she's walking down the street, and this psycho comes the other way, stabbing people, and she just runs for cover and just leaves her like four year old girl on the pavement in front of this psycho. And like, thankfully, nothing happened to the kid. But like, if you're if you if you're like, well, if somebody came with a knife, I would run. It's like, well, I wouldn't. I've got a two year old and a six year old. I'm not sure how you know fast. You know, it might not be the best way to protect them. You know, you, you might have to get between that person and your kids or wherever it's going to be. You know, so you, you might want to have some tools for when you can't run. You know, so. Right. And, if, and, and to be honest with you, if, if you did, with the skill that you have now, no. would you be squared up or would you be side on? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's a tricky one because if you're trying to get your kids behind you, you know, you don't want to be too – I'll try and draw him away from the kids and then go side on, try and get around the back of him, somehow get past the knife, right? So. Yeah, tricky one. I'll pre- I don't know. I'll probably I'll probably err on the side of getting stabbed and protecting my kids more than, more than engaging. So it's a tough one. But, but I'm just saying, if you if you thought about confronting someone, yeah, and you have two options of being squared up or side on, yeah, you choose. Yeah, 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 exactly. You blade off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would choose probably to blade off, wouldn't you? Yeah, and so. I don't think it's a problem being squared up as long as you understand that you're moving into a bladed position. Sure. It depends why you're doing something. I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, it's like, yeah, I think the thing that I, I know, obviously Vladimir talks about it a lot and, uh, and Michael in, in the way that he talks about things, but um, the things I rarely hear in Sistema is how to strategize yeah. your fight. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your strategy? Yeah. You know, rather than just reacting to that moment. Yeah. Well, even even in that moment, what is your strategy? Yeah. You know, are you thinking in terms of reacting or are you actively strategizing mm. uh, as to how you're going to win this situation or, or, or at least survive it or live mm. through it? Mm. Um, and so, you know, separating your mind into states that allows you to strategize it's very important. And the more you fight in sparring, then you, the more you realize you need strategy. Yeah. You know, I need a certain strategy against a bigger guy generally. I need a certain type of strategy against a smaller guy. I need a certain, you know, sure. if he's a fight type of guy, I've got to work like this. Or, you know, the, 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 and the more types of people you fight, the more you realize that they have generally formed different types yeah you need strategy 
or the experience at least of working with those types to understand how to strategize in those situations. Well, in systemic, you could be against both of those types at the same time. Yeah. And that's an important thing to understand too. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, literally the first time you're, I mean, I remember my first judo competition, I, I, nobody turned up for my weight class and I had to skip a weight class and I ended up so, fighting in the open weight class. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was 179 pounds, I think, mm -hmm. and my first opponent was 305 pounds. <laughs> so, you know, so you know, there's a strategy, and, and there was a, definitely a strategy I had to employ to fight someone that size. There's no way I'm fighting that guy the same way as someone my own size. Right, more sacrifice throws, presumably. Tired quick. Yeah, know? yeah. Around them quite a lot, and sort of get them to make them step with their, you know, larger legs, larger blood flow. Yeah, uh, starts, and when they do, sort of like lock up with you. Obviously, not trying to overpower the position with them. You know, let them try and overpower the position and just kind of shift with it. Yeah, uh, and there's a strategy in that, in a sense, and then there's another strategy underneath that as to how you start to attack without looking like you're attacking, and yeah. you know, so you know. There's a lot of strategy in Sistema anyway because the way you're working is automatically a strategy. I mean, any martial art is kind of automatically a, is yeah. a kind of a codified strategy in a sense. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, you know, I've got to say there's a lot to be said for uh, creativity and free thinking in a fight too. Don't miss your chance to train with senior Sistema instructor Martin Wheeler at the four-day masterclass North Carolina, October 10th to 13th, 2019. The theme this year is Soft Work to Full Speed, a progressive multi-day exploration of fighting tactics, covering basic moving and striking, advanced grappling and takedowns, full speed knife and stick work, and tapping the unconscious mind in combat. The event is strictly limited to 35 persons, and advanced pricing is $650 for both days by April the 1st, with the option of a non-returnable deposit of $150 to hold your spot. Register online at ncsystema.com events, or email us for more details. Is there another argument for it as well, like quite aside from the fact that um, even if you, let's say for the sake of argument, that you want to cede control of your conscious systems to Sistema, right? You want to practice, you want to try and keep your movement pure and in the motion, and you don't want to think about higher order strategies or positions that you want to take, right? Let's just say for the sake of argument that that's the way you want to work. Um, given that other people have those strategies, right, and have those positions, and, and there are, the, are advantages and disadvantages to standing in certain ways or grappling in certain ways, is it not worth studying those positions just so that you know what other people are doing as well? You know what I mean? Like quite apart from whether or not you're going to do it, is it worth is it exploring where somebody's structure is strong or weak if they do have a staggered stance? And is, you know, is it harder to do the takedown that you're used to doing if they're, if they're not helpfully squaring up for you and stuff like that? You know, so. Absolutely. You know, I always, I always think of the Top Gun thing. You know, you, you fly their jets, you fly their strategy. Yeah, yeah. And you use your, your weapons against that. Yeah. You, you understand what it is that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Also, kind of the shape of their mind. You know, what does a grappler think like? What does a striker think like? Yeah. You know, what are, what are they looking for? What do they need? Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm. I'm not saying don't square up. I'm just saying, yeah. Understand the consequences of it and the advantages of it. Yeah. Know what it means to square up. Yeah. Yeah. And how can I f move from one position to another? And if squaring up is part of that, that's. Yeah. I mean. If if you're trying to not look like you know how to fight, then squaring up's a perfect strategy. Right. Yeah. And if you see Vlad or Michael and and the way they're moving, they often look pretty squared up. And in fact, if I, I have no reason to think that they wouldn't work, I, I do the same thing. Yeah, but that's if you're ready to move from those places, right? So maybe if you're you know if you're not quite ready to work from those positions, then it's you know you should. Once the speed starts going up, and once you start getting into the second, third, fourth strike from the guy, yeah, the you know practicing to stay in a squared up position is not going to be much of an advantage to you. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and I think probably the other issue really is just never getting past that first strike. You know, and I mean, mm. don't just don't have magic punches. Don't assume that the first thing that you do is going to make any difference to them. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in fact. I'm 
assume you're opposite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That premise. Than- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just say, let's just go ahead and assume that the first one does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Actually, I've, I've heard. Um, the first one does nothing. You know, if they're punching at you, okay, so you weather a couple of punches, maybe they knock you down, maybe they don't, right? Yeah. But you're going to weather a couple of knife strikes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Or a couple of whacks to the head with a stick or. Yeah. Yeah. Some things you don't want to weather. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when I was in when I was in Japan. I was studying there. I'm not sure I told this story on the podcast before. We're getting into what, quite a few episodes now, so I might start to get like an old man who's forgotten the stories that he tells yeah. all the time. I'm not yeah. sure, but um, when I was living there studying Japanese, I was um, there was a, a phrase I'm trying to learn idioms, like Japanese phrases that they use a lot. And there's one which is a donna kuro demo hikukeru, which means I'll take any kind of punishment. Right, literally that's what it means, and it's usually used in the context of just like you know I'm a tough guy. I can you know I can endure anything, and endurance is like a prized characteristic in Japan. You know, just gaman, this ability to kind of keep going through things. Um, and uh, my my boss at the time at the school that I was working at while I was uh, while I was out there training um, said to me, maybe you don't want to learn this phrase and use it too much. <laughs> and I was like, why not? And he goes, uh, if you say that a lot, then probably people are going to work you to death, right? They'll just keep giving you things until you die like that. Right? <laughs> so it just kind of makes me uh, makes me think of that. It's like the same kind of thing, you know. I mean, you have to be careful what you uh, what you wish for. <laughs> you know? If you say I can weather anything and you practice weathering anything, then maybe somebody's going to you know weather your head with a uh, with a two by four at some point. <laughs> I mean, we're, I mean, we're all, as, as much as we work to be sort of shock resistant in Sistema, mm. and I, it's a amazing concept actually. Yeah. And people, I don't think it's often as consider, especially outside of Sistema, you know, as considered what the value of something like that is, and 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 it's and especially to the kind of level you take it into Sistema is to really, you know, you're not just weathering punches; you're using it to neuromuscularly confuse your opponent, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, uh, and generate your a defensive from that. Yeah. Um, that there's also, you know, don't build in vulnerability into your mind. Yeah. You know, understand your vulnerabilities and, and uh, work around those, and you use your invulnerabilities, if you like, to defend yourself. Still, yeah, yeah, but not depend on. Uh, them. Well, do you know, fighting's ugly and painful. I mean, it's it's not nice and like training. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it can affect the way that you're thinking. Yeah, and uh, and you know, obviously without thinking effectively, then you're not going to be effective in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably quite a simple example. I did a striking seminar here for a letter four hour one on just moving and striking and striking concepts from like basic through a bit more advanced. And it's one of the four hour ones that I just teach here once a month down here in North Carolina. And uh, one of my students brought in a friend of hers who was, uh, I guess he's a security guard at the, uh, building that she works in and he was a big lad you know really big muscular kind of v-shaped like classic and, and he's an amateur mma fighter so um so trains mma pretty hard gets into it and he's got a boxing background he can hit pretty hard and that kind of stuff right and uh and we were, t- we were practicing at the beginning i was like okay everybody needs to you know first tenderize each other a little bit make sure you can breathe properly make sure that you can move properly because i don't want you to start striking each other without you know having the, the tools to be able to deal with it right otherwise you're going to catch feelings get angry or just get hurt you know like stiffen yourself up and injure yourself um so we started with a bit of strike absorption and um and it was you know the standard drills that we do pushing into the stomach from like lying position you know walking on the body with fists and then pushing against the wall and then hitting the person against the wall and just having them deal with it with breathing a little bit of movement and then then moving into kind of free space and hitting them at various angles getting up getting down um and the guy's kind of like oh, i've got a question he looked kind of skeptical he had that look on his face the entire time which short said i'm not sure about this you know for like an hour and a half he maintained this look on his eyebrows that said i'm not sure about this stuff right the whole time and um and he was hitting other folks and he could hit fairly well but when he was getting hit he was just kind of tensing the whole thing off and blocking everything and um and i was like that's pretty good because you're strong you know and you can hold that and you can see that punch but we're studying something else a little bit now as well just so for the for the punch that you can't see right sometimes you just get 
nailed and you don't see it and you need to have that ability in your body to just kind of absorb it on its own a little bit um or at least minimize the damage mitigate it so that you can still move and survive and hit back and uh and he was like yeah but what if i really hit you and i'm like eh. and without kind of showing off or something i was like all right don't hit me a little bit like and he's bigger than me he's a big lad all that kind of stuff and um and he thumps me like solar plexus and it's not very hard at all he's, you know his arm's really tense and he's he's holding it back you know that kind of stuff and i'm like you can go a bit harder and he's like really and he's looking at me like not you little guy you know i'll slam you i was like yeah you can go a bit more and he started like punching and punching and punching and by the time you know there's a small crowd has stopped training and is watching <laughs> waiting for the moment when he punches me and he really lays into me a few times and it doesn't really do that much I, I took it and it kind of went through the whole body a bit and it wasn't pleasant or enjoyable because it was a boxer who knew how, knew how to punch right and he was slamming on me um but i only did it to prove the point i sort of said see i'm not that big and that would be surprising if you hit somebody like that and they could still move and they could come back and hit you and he's like yeah okay point taken and after that he started to learn the thing um but notably i didn't ask him to do that in my face <laughs> I, i'm not like watch me absorb those to the face with a boxer i'm like i'm never gonna ask a boxer to punch me in the face and watch how well i can absorb that way right so even if it's something simple as that like maybe you might eat a few to the body from time to time but you don't really want to eat one to the chin at any point if you can help it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, exactly you know and that's the other thing i mean if you you know if you're punching each other in the body that's that's not where you're going to be attacked in the street it's yeah something's going to go for your head you know? yeah so yeah practice um, and there's ways of absorbing it as well and, and the, the purpose of absorbing it is a very important one. Uh, it's, it's kind of the basis of how you build a lot of strategy. Yeah. As far as how your mind works is to let them see what they want to see and how your body's moving with it and everything else. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, there's with, with every type of training, there's, there's pluses and there's minuses, and you have to consider both. Yeah. Definitely. So switching gears a little bit, because there's almost like two aspects to what you were teaching. I found, from my point of view, anyway, I'm sure different people looked at that work and, and took different things out of it, depending on their level and, and what they were looking for, right? What their psychological framework was. They'd look at your same lessons and, and get something else from it. For me, I, I saw a lot of those little fine points like, yeah, it's good to be free. It's good to do these things, but bear these overreaching things in mind. They're, they're going to help, right? Don't disregard these fundamentals of fighting because you need these. Um, you know, hang your system off of these and it will be a lot more valuable you know you'll you'll be able to you'll be more free in a sense because you know how not to be quite as vulnerable right uh, and the other one was just this idea of um that we get into these we get locked into these conscious states and uh and even when we're trying to improve ourselves like the teacher tells us something on a on an intellectual level they're like okay you should move this way or you should try and relax or you should try and hold your structure or something like that um and unless we really know what we mean by trying to relax or trying to hold your structure unless we have a at least a couple of ideas of what that means to us then it can kind of go in one ear and out the other and we can keep training and then keep making the same mistakes or fail to improve in, in the way that we want to because we're just we're not doing something specific enough in the way that we're changing our mindset right and you, you had us do some very very interesting exercises um which you um foreshadowing again like the uh, the four-day masterclass we're going to be doing in october geared towards almost kind of reprogramming yourself at a faster rate, like not leaving it down to chance as to how fast you learn something, but almost setting up the conditions so that there's a very fast feedback loop and you see whether or not your definition of structure or your definition of breathing actually works, right? And then how well or what it does to your movement and then trying a few of those. Do you want to say a little bit more about that, like um, how you came to that that way of teaching? Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the main sort of, breakthrough for that that particular piece and this this is much more to do with how you accelerate i mean I, you know a lot of my courses now i call them accelerated learning courses so they're kind of accessible to whoever wants to come you know, yeah. it doesn't necessarily to be a systemic practitioner who's already worked in systemic yeah because i think that there's a way well, one of the interesting things about systemic to me is is how how quickly can you give someone capable fighting abilities with a free-form system? Well, the effectiveness of techniques is that you can have something very specific, and if you're learning in, in a free-form fighting uh, capacity, such as boxing or grappling, you have a pretty fast feedback loop <coughs> as to what's working, how's, how it's working, and so you're, obviously your acceleration into being a competent at that art is based around the somatic uh, feedback. Yeah. 
And the problem techniques without direct relationship to fighting all of the time, hmm. which is, you do allow a lot for self-defense techniques and things like that, hmm. they are moving into short-term memory. Yeah. And you work with them in a way um, that if you don't constantly keep updating your ability with them, then you lose it because it's in your short-term memory. Right? Yeah. And uh, system is the other way around. You're actually throwing away the technique idea and going with what your or trying to find what your instinctual responses are and developing out of that. Mm. And even though that's, I think it takes longer to learn over the short term, that effectiveness, effectiveness like that. Yeah. Uh, if you're using kind of more classical methods, I don't know how if that's the right word. Um, is that uh, you're, mm, but the effectiveness of that is that you're building directly into your long-term memory because it's coming out of your instinctual system. It's not something you're overlaying yeah. into your analytical system, right? Yeah. And so you've got this kind of, you know, dichotomy between, well, if I, got, if I give someone techniques and they kind of like have something immediate that they can work with. Yeah. I pull away from techniques completely and give them structured instinctual training. Then it, they start to struggle to find the ins, the moment of the technique, yeah, right, effectively enough or quickly enough. Yeah, my thought was, well, how do you? What methods can you really employ other than just teaching an art as to how to instill a conceptual system into somebody over a short period of time that will go into their long term memory, right? Okay, yeah. and uh, and system is a perfect medium for this. I mean, perfect, it, you know, because of just the nature of it. You can do techniques with it. You can do instinctual work. You can do soft work and hard work. You can do anything with it. Right? Yeah. And in fact, you should do you should do everything with it. You yeah. Know, so that you kind of have this broad range of abilities that are based around a couple of concise principles. Yeah. Okay. Instead of thousands of techniques, you learn a couple of principles and spontaneously create thousands of techniques which yeah. you probably do again right yeah um so i was started to think about you know i, I know i don't really know about it, to be honest with you as far as but i knew the concept of it that you're kind of reinforcing um ideas in two or three different systems of the of your consciousness at the same time Hmm. Right. So instead of just doing physical work or just talking about something or just writing something down or just, you know, you kind of combine all of those things into yeah. one thing. And I, I kind of got the initial idea that you doing that medicine ball work that I did with the, yeah. I realized that you're, you know, with, with this one tool, you can work on your balance, your sensitivity, your flow, massage and strength all in the same moment. Hmm. And it's, but it's coming from like one form of contact is actually entering four different systems at the same time. Yeah. So I thought, well, what's the reverse of that? How can I get four different systems to teach me how to be in that one moment better mm. at the same time? Right. And so I've been kind of working on thinking more like that, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And sometimes you do it by shutting off a sense and making the other senses more loud or, yeah. or, you know, and things like that, which are in a, you know, a fairly obvious way in a sense, I guess. But, and so, you know, some of the hardest things to learn in Sistema is the things that we say all the time, like, well, breathe and relax, like it's so obvious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, know you tell someone to breathe and relax, and they're like, well, I breathe, I relax. How hard, how, how hard can this be? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I don't really want to go into it too much as to the actual methodology, but sure, yeah, yeah, we can. The, the concept is to is to have several points of input at the same time that comes out of your own conceptual um, 
viewpoint of something rather than mine. Yeah. Because if, so, I, yeah. if I tell you to do something, then how do I even begin to relate to that when it's a conceptual metaphor? Yeah. You know, but if you, if you tell you to do something, that's a very different type of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I think the main part of this is to me is, well, you know, I'm using my mind to like, this is the basis of my fight is how I'm, uh, gathering and using information. Yeah. Literally how I'm thinking about how I think. Mm. And I think these methods that I'm starting to employ are really showing the practitioners how to think about the mechanisms by which they even begin to think about, you know, let's, let's say fighting. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and once you start to do that, then you start to see, you know, and then kind of mix it in with these, with these methods of, of, of sort of accelerating the information into the, into the system. Mm. Um, then you start to get the results that I've been seeing. Yeah, and we certainly did see the results. It was pretty amazing over the weekend. I mean, I did, I got to work with you one on one quite a lot where you're, you know, demonstrating with me and it's and it was amazing the rapidity with which, you know, you would tell me to relax while I was doing something and I was like, Yeah, okay. And I, I did what I thought was relaxing. And you're like, All right, that's having one result, but now come up with like another way of thinking about this or, you know, using the methodology that you developed and it was amazing the instantaneous change between the way I was moving versus the knife one minute and the way I was moving the next, right? And not to say that it was perfect or it was great, but it was different and it was and it was very, very rapid. And that you changed nothing about me, you hadn't trained me to move a different way. All you did was change my viewpoint about how and why I was moving. And I've certainly seen Vladimir and Constantine do this in different ways too, right? Vlad has this drill, which I employ quite a lot, which, which is, you know, when you're moving with a guy on the floor or something, if they're attacking you first move as if you just want to escape, right? You know, you, you're, you're with a guy in the sense that you're afraid of his attacks and you're just moving away, moving away, moving away. And then the second portion of that you move as if you just don't care you're indifferent right you just you kind of ignore what he's doing and just move completely independently of him and you tend to get hit a lot right because you're not because you're not kind of respecting the guy's movement or the threat and that kind of stuff but you kind of absorb it and you disconnect your movement from theirs a little bit and then he's then he says this kind of one that's in between he's like okay move like you're with the guy but not with the guy right so you kind of notice him he's within your awareness but you're not too much you can also see the environment around you the room you can feel yourself and then you get to the space but like those collections of words they mean a lot to me they mean a different thing to me like those frame those frameworks those metaphors in my head help me to enter a certain state when i'm doing that but if i just tell somebody else to do that and they haven't been through the i don't know like the three days of training that vlad put us through before he brought that drill in right or i hadn't done it before or something like that yeah. it, it, it can mean almost nothing it can mean somebody rolling around the floor in exactly the same way for the same 15 minutes getting kicked the entire time right and they and i don't think necessarily you gain something from that experience right if you're if you don't change the way that you think you're just absorbing more kicks and and the more you fail the more you convince yourself that maybe i'm the sort of person that can't get this right you know or something like that so it's i think there's a real value to showing people that maybe the, the only obstacle to their improving or the only obstacle to them succeeding or surviving in a fight is is them right it's their viewpoint and how it's changing and, and giving them a very concrete basis for seeing that right away and that's definitely something that i saw over the weekend uh, yeah that and also just you know Question, question them what you know to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I find that if I ask anybody anything about something that they know to be true, time, their belief, um, uh, their, yeah, <laughs> some, something conceptual. Yeah. You know? If I start to question them about it, not to give me different answers about it, but to give me the same answer three different ways, mm. they start to fall apart almost immediately into the third one. Mm. Which means, it, it doesn't mean that they don't understand the concept. It just means that they've convinced themselves that what they do understand of the concept is actually much more complete for them than is actually the answer. Yeah. You know, 
And so, yeah, I, I guess this, I'm kind of into thinking about how, how do you explore the things that you take as truths. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is a useful skill for life, even outside of sistema and fighting, right? So. Yeah, none of this is, I mean, hopefully you're not going to be in a fight today, you know, yeah. but you are going to be in the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> you probably, you probably will, will be on the internet with various gradations of uh, yeah. true things flowing at you all the time, so it's good to be able to ask those questions a few times of yourself and of other people. Right, I've got a lot of people to fight on the internet. <laughs> there are unlimited <laughs> opponents on the internet it's the ultimate multiple attackers forum it's like it is the truth the, 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 yeah if you're looking for a fight it's not hard to find <laughs> it's right there on your in your iphone all day long <laughs> real. well listen mate i'm very mindful of your time thanks very much for uh for stretching this out a little bit um and taking the time to chat with us but i thoroughly enjoyed your uh, your lessons over the weekend as everybody did that was there and i mean the, the finishing circle at the end of it where everyone shares their feedback i think about 50 percent of the people just went <laughs> like the mind blown sign you know just like oh, this is going to take me a while to get um but it, I, I thought it was a really great gradation of you know taking a basic concept and really um working with it so deeply that you can you can take it away and work with it yourself and i thought that for me that was the real unique value of this stuff is it teaches people how to go away and train on their own when they haven't got the access access to martin wheeler every weekend you know what i mean so it's 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 very powerful stuff and i'm really looking forward to uh, joining us over here in north carolina in october yeah and uh, and if you're on the west coast i'm going to do the same uh seminar essentially in uh at my school first week first weekend is that first week in october, first, or is it? october yeah so both of them are kind of back to back and different coast yeah brilliant and, uh, uh, i think we should yeah well, i think it's so, fun uh yeah i've been enjoying a lot of the uh this type of focus in the seminars is, uh, I, I, I see people, there's some good light bulb moments. So, yeah. Well, cool. So I'll, uh, I'll post details of that, both the uh, East coast and West coast options, and maybe a few other things that you're up to over the next six months, uh, up along yeah. these show notes and, uh, and we'll look forward to maybe we can do another debrief after, after October, after we've done the next. Yeah. Week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to, uh, uh wheelersystema.com and the, uh, seminar list is there. Grand. So hopefully I'll see you somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If not at HQ in the summer, which which we're hoping to do, maybe at meet oh, yeah. up at Vlad's place. Uh, we'll try and make that happen first and then if not, I'll see you back at NC very soon. Uh no, actually I'm gonna book that right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good aid, good prod. Yeah. Take care. Talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Sistema, please visit us online at www.ncsistema.com.